Island, we have another special guest with us this week, Jenna Quindica. How are you? Hi, how's it going? Very good, thanks. Do you want to uh, tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Give a little bit of an introduction. Yeah, so I'm a software engineer at a small nine-person startup based in San Francisco, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I'm also a mental health advocate. And uh, fun fact, I'm born and raised in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So um, I believe um, you've uh, recently rep- met Bo at conferences. Is that right, Bo? That- yeah, um, I think sometime last year, just before Laracon US, uh, we found each other on Twitter. And I think the main thing was that we both have firstname.io. That's right. Yeah, so uh, that was kind of where we started. So uh, we got to hang out a little bit at Laracon. I was mostly doing booth duty. Uh, I also got to do the DJ thing, which was a lot of fun. Um, but that's really where we first got to talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing at your startup. Um, yeah, but since then, I've, uh, we also saw each other in, at Symphony Live in San Francisco last year. Um, another person within our circle, uh, Kevin Boyd. Uh, was there as well, so you got to meet Kevin. Uh, Kevin is uh, helping out on the Sculpin project, uh, which Dave is involved in. And both, uh, well, actually, Kevin's actually been uh, a recent guest on our podcast as well. Uh, so he does a lot of work with Silex, and that's kind of where Dave and I met each other, was doing a lot of Silex work. So, uh, yeah, Kevin was there. Um, a lot of fun getting out and doing some symphony stuff. Uh, going back to the Bay Area every once in a while. Uh, I used to live there. I was a, a Perl hacker. I uh, didn't do any PHP, but since then, there's been a lot of city things going on back there. But I haven't really gotten a sense there's a lot of, there's never really been a lot of PHP in the Bay Area. Is that, is that an accurate assumption? Yeah, unfortunately. I wish there were more events. Um, when we were at Symphony Live, um, I found out that there were several PHP developers who live in San Francisco, but um, you know, I've been living here for about a year and a half now, and I haven't come across a PHP meetup. Lots of front-end meetups, lots of back-end meetups, lots of machine learning meetups, but unfortunately, no PHP. And, if, and you know, Slack is actually down the street from me, and their backend's all in PHP 7. Hmm. So um, they must be too small or too busy to be putting on PHP meetups. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, we have a pretty active PHP community here in Madison. Uh, you know, uh, actually, the, the the local meetup here has actually started to throw a conference. Uh, it's Madison PHP Conference. Uh, oh, right. You know, it's been on like four or five years now. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I know what it's like to live in places where there isn't a PHP community or isn't a community around whatever language you're in. And it's really easy to feel like you're alone <laughs> and nobody else is doing what you're doing in those cases. Um, I, I don't imagine you have a big community by you, Dave. No, the, near, the nearest is Leeds PHP, uh, to about an hour to the tra- by train and then 10, 15-minute walk. It's just far enough that it's kind of a pain for me to, to get. I think the meet is usually start about half past six, so I'd have to leave straight across the kids' tea time. And, yeah, it's just a little bit too much of an effort for me. Um, there, is a, there is a local uh, meetup group, but it's, like, um, sort of language ag- agnostic. It's just for – it's not – like all developers, if you like. Um, yeah. And from what I've seen, there tends to be a, a slight slant towards Microsoft technologies, which I don't mind seeing, but I'm also, you know, not not all that in touch with. So it's, it sometimes feels a little, like, irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, re- uh, 
not reading. We were listening to one of our first episodes recently. Uh, our listeners probably don't know this yet, but I got a new house and we just moved. Um, and so we've been doing a lot of painting and kind of DIY stuff, a little closer to what Dave's been talking about over the years, uh, whether it be painting or fixing up doors that don't close quite right, that sort of thing. Uh, but one of the things that we did was play music and that got boring. So then we started listening to old podcasts and we listened to the, the first episode of that podcast again, which was a lot of fun. But in that episode, I was talking about when I lived in North Dakota that I think I was like five hours away from the nearest PHP developer. That, and I didn't even, like, I didn't even know them at the time. So yeah, that was pretty isolating. So I, I imagine there's a lot of people like that, that don't really know there's a community or don't even have a community. Um, so being able to go to conferences is pretty nice, but you know, not, not everybody knows about those who really has that interest in going. What, what sort of got you going to conferences? Uh, me? Yeah, sorry. Well, um, I love the energy of the people that are at conferences. Um, the whole reason I go is to just to get my energy refilled. <laughs> I feed off people's energy. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just really love meeting new people and just being around people. Um, the talks are great too, uh, usually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. um, I think. What was, your, what was your first conference, or like, what, what? Why did you go to one? Because not, I guess what I was getting at is not everybody goes to them, but not always because of a reason. They just either don't have the opportunity, they never heard about it, they didn't know that these sorts of things happen. So I'm curious what your first conference was, what spurred you into going, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I honestly think, I don't remember what my first conference was. I can't remember if the conference I'm thinking of is my first conference or not. Um, mm -hmm. But I went to, so I was working in upstate New York, working for a startup, and I was re remotely working. Everyone else on the team was remote. And um, uh, so very lonely, like you said. I didn't know any other PHP developers. Uh, and I heard about, I got a Facebook ad for a design conference. Um, uh, design is just tangentially interesting to me. Um, and it was just going to be a bunch of designers and they were going to talk about design thinking and different methodologies. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and I basically begged my manager to let me go. And he uh, said that they would pay for my ticket. Um, as long as I wore our swag and, you know, passed out business cards. Um, and yeah, I went to forge comp in Philadelphia in 2015, 2014. <laughs> it's been a while. What is forge comp? So, yeah, so it's a design conference and okay. it's, yeah, it's, uh, everyone talks about, um, at like, design thinking, um, hierarchical design, um, mm -hmm. help design empowered their business, um, user experience. Um, yeah, very broadly. I, I don't oh. quite remember what the specific talks were like, but <laughs> I, would, I remember the people I met, not the talks I went to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, def well, it's definitely the best thing about conferences, isn't it? No doubt. Yeah. 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 It usually helps if you... I, well, I found early on it helped to know somebody there uh, that, that you wouldn't be alone <laughs> uh, because, you know, it's, it's, it can be difficult being in, like, well, at least for me anyways, like, I'm a little socially awkward uh, in places where I'm not used to either the people, I don't know what to expect, that sort of thing. 
Um, so like what I, uh, the first conference that I went to recently was actually Symphony Live San Francisco. Um, and that was in 2013 or 2012, I think. Um, and had I not known a couple of people beforehand, I would have been super anxious to be there. So it was, it was nice. But you, you didn't know anybody else at the conference when you went? I didn't. And so I made friends with another woman who was there. But naturally, she had to go home. Um, I think she had, she had a child at home. So she had to go home at five or at six before mm-hmm. the after party. And so I remember standing outside with no one to talk to while every while being surrounded by people talking to each other yeah and eventually someone kindly let me into their conversation <laughs> um and then we went to this after party but um but yeah i um i was brave in the sense that i didn't care that i didn't know anyone i figured i would just meet people and um mm-hmm. i'm very extroverted so um at conferences it can be a superpower of mine yeah <laughs> Uh, something I've been hearing, uh, it's been, might have been around for a while, but I've been hearing about the Pac-Man rule. Um, yeah. Any sort of social function is to um, don't fill up the seats. Like, you, like don't, don't have like a circle of people. Make sure that you leave an opening, like a Pac-Man opening. So leave room for somebody else to walk into the conversation. And as it fills, keep making it bigger and bigger. Uh, or keep, make, keep making room for someone else to walk in. Because it, it can be super intimidating. Um, like if you walk into like a conference uh, during lunchtime and all, you know, all the seats are taken. Um, how do you, how do you try to get into a conversation that's already happening or sit down with people if there isn't room Absolutely. Um, to actually do that? So that's one of the things that I've, I've heard more conferences talking about being intentional about those sorts of things, which would be super useful for, especially for new newcomers. Who, who, yeah, don't, have, who, who don't have the superpower of uh, being an extrovert. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I've I've probably done quite well in that regard in terms, when I first started going to conferences, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I could approach people very easily. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I haven't been to any for a while, but when I go to a conference now, I, 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 I'm confident enough in myself that I feel like I belong there. And, you know, um, I, I guess worthy is not quite the word. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, but you know, I feel confident in that if I join a conversation, I'd be able to add something to it, or you know, that kind of thing. And yeah, and I think just being at a conference pretty much qualifies you enough to uh, to be able to be involved in just about any conversation that's going on, you know, at, at the conference. Um, mm-hmm. And having, but it's hard. To, I know hard for a lot of people when they first start going to to, to make those kinds of moves. Mm-hmm. So and. Jenna, you, you, you've been speaking at conferences as well. I mean, because that's a, a massive opener for uh, getting to know people. And, you know, turning up to a conference on your own as a speaker is a big difference to turning up to a conference on your own as an attendee because you kind of instantly get plugged into things. So what have you been speaking about? Yeah, well, so I just started speaking. So only very recently have I been able to call myself a conference speaker or a mental health advocate. Um, so I actually speak about my lived experiences with mental health and how that's affected me as a software engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the talk is goes into detail about what it was like to, you know, be undiagnosed and be living with a mental health, mental illness, not knowing what's going on and how that's affected my work and then being diagnosed, uh, and then, um, getting treatment and how it's being treated, getting treated is so much better. <laughs> than not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
That's cool. Um, are, are you are you aware of any any other groups doing uh, work like that? Like, have you like plugged into like OSMI, uh, open sourcing mental illness, uh, mental illness, uh, or any other groups like that? Yeah. So I actually I actually speak through uh, OSMI, open sourcing mental okay. illness. Um, I'm also familiar with MH Prompt. So they're another mental health uh, like grouping of people speaking about mental illness. Um, and uh, so actually there are non-technical um, speaking engagements through mental health through NAMI. So the National Alliance for Mental Illness, they have their own speaker, like they have two speaker um, types. Um, yeah, so there are tons of mental health speakers all over the world now. Um, yeah, and I've only recently been able to get into this space. Um. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I feel like that space is pretty important. Um, I know that for me personally, both of my made a, a huge impact on my life um, and sort of like better understanding myself and sort of the things that I go through. It's helped me deal with a lot of personal situations and business situations differently um, than I would have before. And I think that that's been a, a huge help. So anybody who does that kind of work, I'm super appreciative of. So thank you for that. Um, it sounds like you, uh, you have a couple of upcoming talks. I do. So uh, I just got an email that I'm invited to speak at another event. I haven't opened the email yet, so I don't know which event it is yet. <laughs> but um, I, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be speaking at Anxiety Tech, which is a conference here in San Francisco on July 18th at the Palace of Fine Arts. Um, I'll be speaking alongside many other mental illness people in the mental health space. Um, very cool conference. Tickets are on sale now, so go get your tickets. Um, I'm also speaking at Southeast PHP uh, in Nashville in August. Uh, so I'm actually going to be keynoting uh, one of the talks there. Uh, nice. Same talk about uh, same talk about mental illness. And uh, lastly, I'll be speaking at Northeast PHP in Boston, uh, and I believe that's in September. Um, and I'm very excited. Uh, <laughs> um, super excited about telling people all about my darkest moments. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, you, you were just recently at a different conference, wasn't it? Had deep, correct? What was that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I was volunteering with, with Osme at DockerCon. Um, so the connection there is kind of a fun story. So Osme needed someone to speak. And um, I hadn't previously spoken at a conference ever about anything. And um, Joe at open source and mental illness reached out to me and he's like, Hey, you're in San Francisco. Docker is in San Francisco. Would you be open to speaking about mental health at, at their headquarters? And I'm like, why not? Sure. Yay. <laughs> um, so for the, for mental health awareness month of May, I spoke at DockerCon about um, my mental illness. And um, so then DockerCon was the next month in June, a couple, like a week ago. And um, I was just volunteering, running a booth, um, on their, at their community corner, um, telling people about mental health and why they should talk about it and how to make spaces more inclusive to people with mental illness. Nice. So, um, they reached, they reached out to you and like, had you talked with OSMI before or like, yeah, I had been working in Slack for oh, okay. a couple months. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't know they had a Slack actually. Is it like a volunteer Slack or did you like sign up for something? Uh, it's a volunteer Slack. Yeah. Okay, because Beck and I both have talked about wanting to do more with OSMI somehow. Because uh, Beck's not super technical; she's not she doesn't have like a tech, tech job like like I do. 
but she appreciates it as much as I do because it, it helped her, it helped me. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a really good resource. So there have been things that we've been wanting to try and help with more than just buying the t-shirts, which we do we do pretty frequently have OSMI t-shirts. Uh, she just got me an OSMI uh, hoodie. So like we, we like to support the cause however we can, but uh, doing something more proactive is something that we hope would be interested in doing. Yeah, we always need help with the website, with the blog, um, content editing, um, also just providing support for people. Um, we have a safe space uh, channel in our Slack and um, it, it's it's great to have that that space. Um, also, Osme has a forum, uh, a discourse forum, uh, where they allow people to post about their mental illnesses and um, everyone sort of like responds and um, commiserates. Um, it's it's basically a support group, but online. Um, mm-hmm. It used to be called DevPressed, I believe. Um, like depressed, but DevPressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so forums.osmehelp.org. Wow, okay. So, so let me... Um, you said uh, there's a safe space channel so for people. Um, I do have some experience with this kind of thing, but not as much as Bo. Um, so when you say safe space channel, what do you mean by safe space channel? Oh, good question. So it's a space where people can talk about anything uh, uh, with, as, it, as it relates to mental illness. Um, okay. So it's supposed to be for the difficult things that people don't want to talk about in normal situations. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like a specific place. So it, the whole purpose of that place is to talk about those things. So it's and it's like an enabler in that regard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people will post about very difficult situations that they're dealing with. Um, and just to get support, not necessarily to get advice or anything like that. It's just just to put it out there and get acknowledgement that they're going through something difficult. Yeah, those, those sorts of things would be super helpful, um, even with uh, Finkler's talk that I had seen, I think I saw his original open sourcing mental illness talk maybe three or four times and just hearing some of his troubles, like I could relate to them so much. Um, and so sometimes it just helps to, to say the things, um, even if you don't get anything back from them, just being able to say them and get them out. At least for me, I know that can be super helpful. Um, so I, I think that's part of that's, that's part of it. Um, but again, I didn't realize that there there were actually forums on this. I've, I've, been, I've been aware of OSMI, but I haven't actually followed closely enough to realize there's a Slack channel, uh, forums. So this is all really good for me to know now. So thanks for raising awareness on that. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few things. Uh, we I'm not sure I haven't actually added this to the readme or announced it or anything. But at some point. Um, me and Robert Basic, who is a um, co-maintainer on Mockery, decided OSMI would be like our charity of choice for the project. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, basically, um, we haven't done anything other than uh, donate money ourselves. Uh, but the point was that we were going to put something in the README. So rather than you know go to Patreon, I mean, what go to Patreon and give us money or go to our Amazon wish list and buy something. We were going to suggest people make donations to our mm-hmm. Um And that started out because Robert um, got paid for a, um, an article in one of the PHP magazines. What's the, what's the magazine? PHP Architect, yeah. And strangely enough, I think he's in Serbia and um, he got paid through PayPal. Um, 
And because of Serbian laws and weird stuff, he can't actually get that money out of PayPal. So he was kind of like trying to give it away to people <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, so he, was, he asked if, uh, if I wanted, if I had an Amazon wish list. I was like, no, but don't get me anything anyway. I don't, I don't want you. So he, from there we went and uh, made donations to OSMI. Uh, so uh, I, that was, I, having not sort of looked at the project for some time, I went and had a good look around to make sure it was something I, I, I had it in my mind that it was something I'd like to support, but you know, when you're going to make a decision like that and um, you want to have a good look around. So yeah, I had a good look around and it's quite incredible really how, how big it's got and the way it looks, it looks really great and um, mm-hmm. it's impressive. Yeah. In, in terms of being able to give money to OSMI, I guess the only thing that I've done is um, I enabled OSMI for uh, Amazon smile, um, yes. which is a way to, um, it doesn't change your pricing apparently somehow, but whatever discount that they, that they put some portion of what you're buying toward a charity of your choice. Yeah. So I guess cool. I get, I guess I have done that. I, I, I found that OSMI was listed on there. So I've been able to help out in that way, which is kind of nice. Yeah. That's great. Um, you know, the, my, one of my favorite things about um, OSMI, OSMI, um, is that we have people without lived experiences with mental health speaking about mental health um which is just a really wonderful um talk about allies um mm-hmm. and that, that's a great thing is like anyone can be an ally to someone with mental health um i think the statistic in america is that 20 percent of american adults will have mental illness sometime in their life one in five people so that's that's a lot of people um and they all need support so mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm probably one of the lucky ones who's got away with it so far in life. But and my my wife suffered with depression, and I'm so much more sympathetic, um, empathetic, and or in touch with those kind of things since um, since my wife's been through those kinds of things. Um, it's really, it's so it's I haven't really done a whole lot for other people, but having been there for my wife and. I feel like I at least could help out in some way. I just haven't really got around to doing anything. It's a bit hard for me to, you know, I don't really feel qualified to help, but then even just listening to people, I guess, is is a great way to start. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you know, recently I actually heard about a startup here in San Francisco doing something called peer therapy. So they're normal people, not medically trained, but, but um, like trained um in like a program kind of way uh, in mental health. And so they offer this online service on demand. It's uh, a peer therapy. So you can book a 45 minute session um, and you can get help right then and there. Um, it's actually really cool. It started by a Stanford psychologist and an ex Uber engineer. And um, they're still very small, but the app is really cool. It's called basis. So the website is basis app dot com um and i don't have a code for you but <laughs> um the sessions the the peer therapists are really good and so my point is that it's they're people that are not medically trained but they are trained in listening active listening and um you know really helping others make a plan and or or get some help or or make a plan to get help um that's what i mean um yeah yeah I, one of the things that picked up from it was this whole idea of it being a stigma and people not talking about it. And one of the things that's I, I just now realize is getting harder for me is to realize that stigma is still there 
is still real. Um, that there aren't, it's, I love that it's being talked about so much now. Um, but at the same time, I, it kind of puts me in this little bubble where, yeah. where it's like a bubble of understanding. Like everybody knows that I'm going through something or that everybody should be able to understand that this person is having, in, uh, having trouble with something and it's not their fault. It's not that they're doing it. It's their, they have some sort of mental health issue, but not everybody does understand that. So it's cool that there are tools that people can have that, like, they're, they're, that people are actively going through and trying to make lives better, which is awesome. Yeah, I think 2018 is a great year for healthcare and mental health care innovation. Um, I, I read an article with that headline recently. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness um but yeah you know i was at a so i go to I, I run and i go to a support group for for my disorder here in san francisco and you know we had a newcomer come in and she was saying i feel so ashamed of having this disorder i don't i, I won't even go on a date because i'm so ashamed of what i'm living with and this woman jumps in and says, honey, I think that you have bought into the stigma. And right then and there, I was just, I was just shocked because, you know, when you're living with mental illness, you, you know, for, for me, I didn't think that I myself could embody the stigma because, because it's like yourself, like you're the one living with it. Like, how could you be, how can you be stigmatizing yourself? Mm-hmm. And um, this woman, she, she was just, she had bought into the shame and um it was really i I hope that she continues coming to our group but um it was great to see other people unpack her stigma yeah Yeah. i I think more often i haven't i haven't personally interacted with people who were ashamed that they had this the disorder or whatever it was that they were struggling with but i have seen people uh, struggle with treatment like feeling like they shouldn't have to take medication or feeling like they shouldn't have to go to therapy, that they should be able to get through this on their own without those things. Um, and I think that was one of the big things that I took away from the first few times I really listened to, to these, some of these stories told by people at conferences or whatever, is that, you know, these are things that are hard to deal with. They aren't things that you just wish away for the most part. Sometimes you do need to take medication. Sometimes you do need counseling. Sometimes you do need to do something about it. And I think that's, for me, that's one of the harder things about this is realizing that there are people out there who aren't getting the help because they don't think they should need it or feel like they they, they don't deserve it or they aren't trying hard enough. Um, And I think that's kind of a bummer. I wish that, if anything comes from this, it's that people can, can feel confident in going to get help or confident in at least trying to um, do something that, that's within their control to um, make their lives better or at least better understand their lives, um, whatever it is that, that they can do. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. And, you know, I was going to say that we should treat mental illness just like physical illness. So if like, if you have diabetes, you have to take medication, just like if you have depression or anxiety or OCD or whatever, then you, then you're going to take your medication. But, you know, I remember a couple years ago, I had a major health crisis 
And I was so upset that I had to get treatment at all. And it was a mental, it was a mental illness crisis, right? So like, mm-hmm. not a mental illness crisis, it was a physical crisis that I couldn't, I couldn't control. Like it just happened to me. And I was just so upset and so mad that I, I had to be going to the doctor three times a week. Like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can get, I totally get it from a mental illness perspective of how people can react that way. Um, because it, it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. um yeah. I had back surgery like ten years ago, maybe, uh maybe a little longer. And um yeah, I, I was completely immobilized for at least a couple of months. Um and when it started to get to the point where I could actually go out, um, I needed assistance, a lot of it. And you know, it was really easy to think, I'm just gonna stay home until I'm completely better. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm not gonna go out until I can do this on my own. And like, I had to fight through that. Um, so I, I have struggled with that both on like mental things as well as like physical things where you know, it's really easy to just say, you know, I'll just get through it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be done with it in a month and then I'll just go out. But you can't really put your life on hold very easily for months at a time. Um, especially if it, I mean, it's a lot of it isn't your fault. It just is what it is. Yep. Yep. So, um, so you have two co- you have two conferences coming up. Um, do you have anything oh, else? Oh yeah, you have three conferences coming up. Uh, so you get a, a busy summer or early fall, depending on when that other conference is. That you haven't read yet. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So do you have any other things that you're wanting to talk about? Um, anything else that you want us to focus on? I'm just really happy that we were able to talk, to talk about open sourcing mental illness and basis. Um, there, those are two resources that I that I personally love as someone with a lived mental illness, and so um, I'm just I'm really glad that we got to talk about it today. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad we were able to uh, talk about that as well. Dave, did you have anything else? No, no, it's quite interesting. I'm, like I say, I'm I'm fairly out of touch with the. The, the movement of, of this stuff, if you like, um, you know, I'm far more in tune with it than I, than I would have been two or three years ago. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I don't have a lot of questions to ask, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm not as learned as you uh, in this area. So, yeah, well, I, I actually apologize. I didn't, I wasn't aware that you were doing things with OSM. Uh, I, I know that I talked to Ed about it quite a bit early on. I know that I've sort of seen Joe now. A lot of the conferences, mm-hmm. um, but I guess I I haven't paid enough enough attention to like the whole organization to realize that there's more than Joe and Ed. I mean, I knew there was, but I without actually actively being involved, it's sometimes hard to realize who those other people are. So I'm really glad that this came up uh, because how, now I have a better idea. How many volunteers do they have? Oh, I don't know, dozens. Oh really? Oh, I had no idea. So I, I thought it was a few people at tops. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, a dozen people in our Slack. How's that? Okay. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. just a dozen. Yeah, so it's still more than I thought. So yeah, definitely. I, I I assumed it was a small group as well. So no, like nowhere near a dozen. So um, yeah, thank you for coming on and, and sharing that with us. And um, also thanks for sharing about the the Bay Area Bay Area PHP scene. I would love to go back there at some point and do more PHP stuff. Now that I'm actually into going to conferences and things, 
but the before Symphony Live conference, um, I'd actually gone to two of the O'Reilly Perl conferences back when they were actually Perl conferences, not open source conferences. Um, so I had a huge stretch of time between those uh, those two things. Um, you, you're actually, are you actually programming PHP a lot now? I don't think you um, are, right? Not really. I do a little bug fixing once mm -hmm. a month, maybe, but um, not so much. Yeah. So, um, how, how's the uh, how's so you're doing Python otherwise, right? Yes. Is is there um, a Python community? So, I've been coding in Python for about a year now, and I haven't been in touch with the community here. I find it I find it very difficult to find Python specific meetups. A lot of the meetups are data science Python specific um, or, or Django specific or mm -hmm. so related, but not necessarily applicable. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So it sounds like they might have a similar ecosystem as PHPs because there's, I guess, there's a Symphony conference, there's a Symphony meetup that know generic PHP meetups. Uh, so I, I get the feeling that from my, my experience in the Bay Area a while ago that Things are more uh, fractured, like yeah, like like specific things, like uh, framework specific rather than language specific. Yeah, things. we have an HTML five meetup, <laughs> just HTML five. Well, maybe because there's there's so many people in the scene yeah. in the area that that they can do, you know, because we can yeah. we wouldn't have enough people in my city to do a PHP meetup, but we would have yeah. enough people to do a generic meetup, whereas in the Bay Area, you could have, you, you well, like you said, you could, you can have a HTML5 meetup. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining. Uh, hope to have you on again at some point, and good luck with your conferences this this year. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, Jenna. Cool. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, we'll call this one. You've been listening to that podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox. Like the music? You can thank Gorillo for allowing us to sample the track Dust Kingdom for our intro and outro. You can find Dust Kingdom and other tracks by Grillo at grillo.bandcamp.com, spelled G-R-I-L-L-O. -L -L